When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Mel. Oh, Mel. I miss Mel. I miss Mel. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. That was weird. <laughs> that was weird. I was just going to say that we could have like a cardboard cutout of Mel. <laughs> in the room <laughs> she... Do we have enough intro material? Oh, definitely. I think the cardboard cutout piece, the cardboard. No, cutout. we can't. <laughs> That's such a weird thing. She's to not going to listen. Right. But other people will. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't really like, think so. Why do you want to have a cardboard cutout of a lady looking at you while you're d- doing it's your podcast? Not, it's not a weird thing. It's a it's a motivation <laughs> thing. It's not it's not it's not a weird thing. <laughs> he says to himself, you understand? Uh, I can't, it's, not weird. "It's not weird." I just slowly, can't, I just can't slowly sidles in front of cardboard cutout that is already in room. It's not weird. It's not weird. I just can't What's that over there without the cardboard cutout. What's that over there? Throws into closet. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch. It is your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. Wow, it's been a week. It's truly it's, been a, a. It's so far so great, right? Twenty nineteen. No, so, so far so bad. Really? Yeah. Are you this, okay? Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you need to go see a podiatrist? <laughs> uh no but i do need a podcast a podcast dietrist <laughs> a podiatrist a podiatrist hey Ethan, hey, Ethan, what do you go what do you go uh what oh, kind man. of doctor do you see when your podcast is bad a podiatrist laugh track laugh track laugh track <laughs> no i got the seekness bro you got the seekness yeah i did oh my gosh i tried so hard to not get the seekness literally everyone at phoebe's house got sick and I was like downing emergency, like it was the end of time. Right. I was just. I, oh I, gosh. I don't know how. If I wanted to take emergency, I wouldn't know how to do it. Um, the only medicine I know how to take is Tylenol and maybe like an allergy pill. Emergency isn't even really a medicine, and it's the isn't easiest it, thing to take in you, the world. Okay. <laughs> what you is dissolve it? it in water and then drink the water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Have you ever well, made just, crystal I just don't know what, tea or something? No, well, I just don't know where it is in the store. I don't know how much oh, it costs. Gotcha. Am I old enough to buy it? Do I need to show ID? <laughs> like, I don't know what it is because it sounds like you only are supposed to have it in very urgent situations, or else no. they wouldn't call it emergency. No, vitamin C. You- they would call it if it was if it was something that I was supposed to have <laughs> regularly. They would call it every week C, or, uh, or as often as you please C. Yeah. Uh, off, um, off uh, I, I can't think of a pun. Dang it! <laughs> off my game today. But they should call it urgency. 
Yeah, no, but urgency is bad, just as bad as emergency. That's fair, but but an urgent an urgent care room is different than an emergency room, right? But I don't go to the urgent care every week. Maybe it should, they should call it primary care physician C. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's just it, vitamin C is like the most like you can just you can consume as much of it as you want. And like if you so if you have too much vitamin C, you turn into the sun. <laughs> That's vitamin D. If you, oh, if, you <laughs> if you have too much vitamin C, you you go the same way Violet did in the hit. Yeah, you turned into a giant orange film. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, yeah I no, don't want to turn into a giant. So orange. your body can only take 250 milligrams of vitamin C a day. And if you have uh, more than that, you just pee it out. So emergency really? gives you a thousand milligrams. So to make up for any deficit you might have. And so you're then, telling me, yeah, that if I if I drink so much orange juice, <laughs> well, that's that different. I, that I go over the 250 milligrams of vitamin C, then I will pee pure orange juice. <laughs> is that what I'm getting from this? That is exactly what you should be getting from this. Yeah juice i don't suggest i don't (laughs) just a thick glass of juice i do not suggest drinking too much orange (laughs) juice because juices still have sugars in them i had to go get a pee test for my employment (laughs) and they tested it and they came back and they said (laughs) this is just a glass of orange this has has pulp in it what have you done (laughs) sir are you okay Oh, I asked for this God. without pulp. But I'm not supposed to drink it, Richard. You're just you supposed doing? to test it. Oh man, they wouldn't let me be a focus missionary anymore because they did random juice testing, and I. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, you citrus, can't. Citrus fast of the first year of mission mission life not going cannot, well. You cannot. You cannot drink too much orange juice because it's just Mm-mm. it's just sugar. It'll get. It's really bad for you. So, I was sick this week. Yeah, okay, back to what you were talking about before. <laughs> and I, so it was not bad on Monday. We got back on, on Monday morning at 4 in the morning, right? And had to go to Mass at noon, started our meetings that day, like just basically rolled right into the semester, which kind of sucks Um, because we didn't really get like a break in between seek and being busy again. Yeah. Which is fine, but just a little bit difficult. So that combined with like being sick. So it got worse like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Thursday was the worst day. Um, and I had like a headache and my nose was all stuffy and I couldn't sleep on Wednesday night into Thursday. Mm-hmm. I kept waking up and like I was really dehydrated and all this stuff. I feel fine now, more or less. I'm kind of like on the the last like 10%, you know, to full recovery. But that plus like the not having a break made this first week like the worst. You know how I talked about being excellent and like wanting to be disciplined and all that stuff? Yeah. Gone. Out out the window. No chance. So it just, it, yeah, it sucked. It was a pretty bad, pretty bad first week. It was really good to see everybody and be back with all the students and everything. But, um, yeah, not, not living large. We gotta be saints even when we sick. Mm Mm-hmm. Patrick Nevy. No, I totally get that. It's really hard for me to like get out of bed and pray when I'm sick, but maybe that just means I should pray in bed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How are you doing? How's your post sick? No, post sick. Actually, really post-seek great. Week. 
Did anything happen at the conference after I left that you think is important to share with the people? Because I left early. Um, Chris Stefanik gave a really good talk on joy and how to be a joyful person. That's good. He gave like five steps. Spent a lot of time talking about Thanksgiving, which is something that I'm not very good at. Uh-huh. I don't think many of us are. So, yeah. Um, it is the most difficult holiday to really kind of put in a box. <laughs> It's true. There's just so much. I mean, I mean, just the turkeys coming over on the Mayflower, um, <laughs> you know, Jesus giving the pilgrims corn. It's just really it's just really hard to kind of summarize that whole holiday. <laughs> Squanto's playing a football game. <laughs> it's chaos. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't get the sickness because I felt my voice going on the second day. And I was like, no, not again, not this year. And so I went to CVS and I grabbed like just so much medicine, just NyQuil, DayQuil, afternoon quill, um, cough drops, <laughs> hydrating, <laughs> hydrating gum, emergency morning, morning quill, mid morning quill, afternoon <laughs> Madden's quill, quill. Uh, yeah. Vesper's quill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, and, and I, I, I attacked that call with a vengeance and, uh, my voice was fine. Good. Uh, Shout out, shout out to John Landecker for praying over my throat the day before we recorded. I, that definitely had something to do with it. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I don't know if him and I are friends. I wish, I hope that we are. I think, I think so. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. We've never met. (laughs) (laughs) That might have something to do with it. <laughs> I retract what I said. I think you might not be friends. I think you have to meet. I mean, I have a really, I have a really broad standard for what I consider friends. Um, whenever, you really do. Whenever, whenever, <laughs> whenever something mildly like amiable happens in public, I turn to Phoebe and I'm like, I made a friend. And um, I do it whenever I like see a baby and it like stares at me and I make it laugh. I go, I made a friend. And then one time we were pulling out of a parking lot <laughs> and this driver like waved at me to like let me go first, even though it was his turn. And I turned uh-huh. to Phoebe and I went, oh, I made a friend. And she was like, uh-huh. you didn't even talk to that person. So that's my that's my uh, threshold for friendship. Is that you're <laughs> you're like what would happen if a Labrador became a person? <laughs> That is the highest compliment anyone has ever paid me. You're like a, if a Labrador became a person. <laughs> well, you know what they say. Uh, hold on. What you know what they say? say. Hold on. Hold on. You oh, know what is it say? coming? Is it good? A boy looks to be praised. A man looks to give honor. Yes. And a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> and a good boy looks to make friends. That's I am funny. the goodest of boys. Um, here's something. I actually, I was just thinking while you were talking, I think I, I know something that, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't listening. I was thinking. Anyway, what were... <laughs> oh, by the way, I want to, before we get into the thing that I want to talk about, I knew you I had something. Some, I do have something. I've got some big news. What's your big news? So you know how in my house, I didn't have any furniture for the longest time. <laughs> yeah. Like we just had couches in this room that I'm in currently, but we had nothing in the rest of the house. So this over the break, we got a table. Uh huh. Um, we just got a couch this Ooh. week for oh. free, a really nice couch in the for the front of the room. And we just went to this store today, and I got six chairs for seventy five dollars. 
to go around the new no (laughs) to go around the new table that's awesome and so now and then we like made breakfast and we had people come over and like we got to eat breakfast like around a table and it was the first time that we've ever had like a a place for people to come and sit at our house that's not like that's not couches around a tv you know that's awesome yeah i know i'm a huge fan of tables i'm really excited just logistically for the fact that like there can be meals made and then eaten at my house now um not sure why that wasn't a bigger priority last semester given that that's my whole job but (laughs) is to eat food is eat food with people uh so yeah, that's really cool. We did that this morning. We made, we went out and got some chairs after mass, and so I'm really excited for um, actually inviting people over and saying like I I live here, you know, and not it just being an empty. <laughs> I sleep here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I sleep here, and that's it. That is really big news. I'm excited. Yeah. When do you go back to school? Or when? Sorry. When do you start your job? When do I start my job? <laughs> so um, I I start I go back to Steubenville in a couple of days on the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. And um, then I start my job at an indeterminate time after that because I have to get okay. fingerprinted and trained. Oh, wait. Gotcha. I, I want to talk about something real quick. There's a Life Team conference happening like five miles from my house right now. Oh, really? In Melbourne. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. And I texted I texted someone and I was like, hey, are you in Melbourne? And he hasn't responded. And so I guess that means they're not friends anymore. Yikes. Yeah. You should go. I should. Well, I'm, I, after after we record the podcast, I'm gonna head over there, and because uh, I have to I actually have to go to the church that it's at, because there's like that's the only religious bookstore in Melbourne, and I'm gonna go and buy an introduction to the Devout Life because I lent my copy to Phoebe's little sister and I haven't gotten it back. So there are worse things. There there are worse things. So I'm gonna break into a life scene conference, just like I broke into the convocation of Catholic leaders. Right. Can you hear me? You're breaking up a little bit. Am, am I breaking? I can hear you. You're fine. Okay, cool. Maybe it's just my maybe it's just my problems. Maybe I'm sure it'll be okay. Um, Haven't heard any complaints yet. Good. Uh, so what I what I wanted to talk about today that I just remembered is based off of some things that I saw online today. Huh. We're going back to our roots on this one, Pat. I, I haven't been online today. Really? What's online today? So I don't know if you know this, but I'm from Kansas City, right? Yes. And the Kansas City Chiefs is a professional football team for the National Football League. (laughs) And this year, they have somehow finagled their way into the playoffs. Ooh, the playoffs. Right. I. So when I was growing up, I always watched the Chiefs, right? But I've always been much more of a basketball fan than a football fan. And so... Uh, I don't, and I also have not had cable or like any way to watch TV for the past five years of my life. So I'm kind of disconnected from like football, you know, like I don't really watch it. I don't really care about it. Like I'll watch it when I'm home, but I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm a fan. All right. Gotcha. Um, but obviously it's cool that my team's in the playoffs, right. And I'll, I'll root for them and support them and all these things. Um, but I see this tweet today from KMBC nine news. And do you know what the headline is? Oh, wait, I think I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the one that's a Catholic church in Prairie Village, which is a suburb of Kansas City, moves up mass just for Saturday's Chiefs game. Oof. Yeah. And I I replied and I said, our God is oblong and his name is Pigskin. 
which is what I think the episode title should be. And I'm just like, I don't know. We've talked about kind of football as it relates to the mass before, but the more that I am like in college or in this like college kind of world and I see the things that get moved around in lieu of mass and prayer and not even like spiritual obligations, but just other obligations. Um, I, it's Kevin said something, Kev JG said something. He's like, when are we going to start calling this paganism? And yeah, really? I honestly, I think that he makes a really good point. And like, it's really easy to joke about, you know, football as a God and all this stuff. But I think that it's time that we start like legitimately addressing it as that, you know, what are your thoughts? What do you think? I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to best because people value it, right? They care about yeah. sports. They care about like the community and the, all these things that the good things that it can bring about. And so when you start railing on it, they're like, well, you're just being a curmudgeon because you're not a fan and blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. But, but also you got to understand the reality of like, it's, if something is making a priest change mass times. Yeah. That's a little like, yikes. You know, where, where, where's our priority? You know, and what, what do we actually worship? What are your thoughts? What are your takes? Um, I don't really have any opinions on this. Really? Is that okay? I can't. No, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, no, it's, it's bad. Um, yeah, I think, I think that football is a, a thing that exists and people like it. And some people like uh-huh. it a lot and some people like it too much. Right. And they take that and they, they, they put that as a priority over other things. I also think mm-hmm. that as we become less and less, as we desire God less and less, we desire other things more and more. And I think that the um, the fact that this this seems to be a trend, this is not a one-time thing, right? No, oh, absolutely not. People, people used to not come to youth group because it was football season. And it's right. like, I get it. You want to watch the game, but also <laughs> capital every C, capital B, capital <laughs> the B. big game. But it seems that every game. game is the big game. And the big game nowadays, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 but well, that's that's another question. Why do you think that every game is the big game nowadays? Marketing. Really? Oh yeah. Just tell me more. Oh, every, every, every game is, uh, like, so every, every live sports is like the only thing now that's still watched live. It's like the only thing that you can count on people will watch live because very few people will DVR a football game and watch it later, you know, cause it's all about the, I'm, I'm part of it. I'm in it now. I want to be a part of this thing. It's the same, it's the same kind of marketing that allows, uh, late night talk show hosts to be so popular is people see it's like a party and you're invited um man those are some lame parties i know right well it's also the same thing that makes a live show so appealing for people to listen when they weren't there it's wow like this sounds like it was so much fun imagine if i had been there it's like Mm. that's what gets them to listen it's this this fear of missing out right which we talked about last week Mm. um did we talk about that last we week? We talked about I talked I talked about it briefly. I mentioned oh. how like a fear of missing out might actually be an indication of some deeper vice. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which many people have. 
including myself, but it's it's uh I think I think sports tends to have that air to it as well. And mm-hmm. every I think marketers understand, advertisers understand that people have this desire to be in in yeah, that moment and they're like yeah. i can't miss a single it's it's the same it's the same reason why you feel disappointed when you walk into a movie two minutes late yeah we went to see we went to see into the spider verse yesterday and sean oh, so good so good sean sean was bummed because we walked in two minutes late but it was like literally only a couple of jokes about like a popsicle stick and it wasn't like anything important to the plot but you're like man i missed something like i haven't seen this complete movie even though i can tell you the plot um so yeah, that, that's why that's why the argument of like, why don't you just watch the game late? It's like, no. What if I miss the big play? You know, uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny because because um, football is very uh, it, it's very unique in this respect. Um, I don't I don't exactly know how how basketball works. But um, if you <laughs> if you I'm not if you, sure what a dribble is, I'm not sure what or how to do it doubly. But uh-huh. um, it, you cannot you literally can't watch every baseball game like you'll you'll go insane trying to watch every single one of like your team's games. It's mm-hmm. just not it's just not going to happen. There's like one month in there's like one just one four week period in October where everyone's glued to their TVs. It's fine. But with football, it's like every week at a specific time and if you miss it you missed something you know mm-hmm. you missed something big so um yeah i don't know but for some reason for some reason football will draw people to that's to their chair at that time whereas like the office wouldn't you can just dvr mm-hmm. the office and watch it later right but i i what what is it what is it that's different about sports that makes us want to abandon other responsibilities yeah maybe it's because and how do we step into it and talk about it in a way that doesn't alienate? Because obviously that's where the greater culture is. That's all. That's obviously where the, 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 I don't know where the masses are, right. Is, is in, they're all in on this thing, right? Like that's what makes the most sense to them to just be a part of, because that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, I guess um, knowledge of sports is roughly the like it's it's a little more niche than talking about the weather, you know. Yeah, like, and it's not as dangerous as politics. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, like sports is the only safe thing to talk about because you can disagree, and it's sometimes fun. sometimes it'll come to blows. Yeah, but that's like a rare thing. Yeah, you it's know? rare. I mean, just the other day I was in, I was in the emergency room, not, I wasn't in the emergency room, but I was in an emergency room and, um, <clears throat> a guy was getting wheeled in and he had a Yankees hat on and I was like, oh, are they admitting people for being Yankees fans now? And he thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny too, but yeah, it was like me and that guy made a connection. So that, that that's where like, that's, I guess that's valuable, right? Like, it is for yeah. sure. Mm. So then one well, of my question still stands is like, how do we speak into it without alienating people? How do we call people out of this need to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Well, start a Vatican football team. That's true. <laughs> that's so interesting. Cause I'm talking about this and I'm like thinking about my campus here at Tulsa and nobody has any school spirit like football games. Nobody goes here um, because nobody wants to be a part of anything. Right. Yeah. Like they're much more interested in the, in the next Fortnite drop than they are in, even a football game. 
So is this like, I think Tulsa is further advanced than the rest of the country. Like we're in post post um, modernism here in Tulsa or whatever. I don't know anything <laughs> about, I don't know anything about anything. The but things like, that I talk the, about all the time. Right. The students are past the point of like, because at K-State, it makes sense. Like it's a really big deal. Everybody goes and they're there at the football game and like blah, 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 blah. Everybody stays even though it's hot and they're bored and <laughs> they want to leave. They just stay because they don't want to miss anything. Whereas here, nobody goes probably because the team isn't that good, but the there's not even a desire to like be together or to witness something or to be at something or to be a part of something. They just want to be in their own thing. So do you think that there's going to be something like that in the future on a mass scale of people realizing like, Hey, I don't really want to be a part of this sports thing. So I'm just going to do my own thing and it'll slowly just start to die off. And then we'll have an even worse problem of people not even being together. Huh? Yeah, maybe we got to keep it where it is because it's holding maybe, society maybe in place. To, maybe well, we got to stop talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, woo! Yeah, let's go fight. Charge. I, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting because there's the desire to be a part of something. There's desire, there's a desire for glory when you watch sports, right? There's a, there's like, I am part of this team. It's why people get so defensive when, mm-hmm. when bandwagoning starts. Yeah. Because they're like, no, you weren't there from the beginning. Well, it's like, well, none of us were, you know, <laughs> like no one really was like the last time the Pirates won the World Series was 1979. So there's this whole like there's this whole thing where it's like, well, if you don't remember that, then you're not a real uh, Pirates fan. Or if your parents didn't remember that, you're not a real Pirates fan. You know, it's so yeah, it. I don't know. There, and or if you're if you're not if you're not from if you weren't born in the greater metropolitan area of Houston between the years uh, 2009. It's like, it's like, I mean, how do you, how do you actually define who roots for who? Right. But, uh, um, cause it actually doesn't matter. But then again, like the whole, the, the Astros winning the world series, the year Harvey hit was like a really big deal for Houston, you know? And that yeah, actually did yeah. give, um, in fact, my, my mission partners actually played the, um, the DVD copy of the final series against the Dodgers on a retreat for their teens as like, as like a, as part of a talk they did. So, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's, but again, I think, I think that, I think that's a a way of integrating it healthily. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Whereas moving, moving the mass because Mm. the new mass has taken precedence. It's like, right. I mean, Sunday foot I mean football happening on a Sunday I feel like that's not a coincidence yeah I always thought it sucked that teams have to play on Thanksgiving and and Christmas and Christmas yeah Yeah. it's that's so funny because if I mean you think about like you what you said about it's being the new mass it's like Satan cannot create he can only distort yeah you know not that's sorry that'll sound really bad and people will be like the football games are not a distortion of the mass like okay they are i'm just kidding. hear me out like <laughs> you you go and what do you i mean the mass is a sacrifice right what are you bringing what are you sacrificing you're sacrificing money time you're burning incense to the gods barbecue you're <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, all these things you're sitting out like <sighs> you're 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 eating 
and and drinking right yeah there you is. all um, you all cheer at the same time you there's like a liturgy there's a liturgy the two the two uh the two defense. halves defense. The, the two halves uh signify the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the eucharist no um, when i say liturgy i mean like there's times when everybody cheers yeah, the same right. thing it's the same thing everybody does this you all stand up at the same time sit down at the same time like that i'm i might be reaching but i don't think that i am well i mean everything has liturgy right you, i mean this is like the this is the ritual nope, only football only football has liturgy <laughs> i mean everything has liturgy it's why when you say hi how are you oh i'm doing fine how are you great and then you you walk away it's like that's what you do and you break that's you, the liturgy you, you you schism it a little bit when someone says hey how are you and you go i'm actually not doing too good can you pray for me right like it's so there, there's there's tradition small tradition that we need to break because it's not it's not that it's not healthy it's just that it's not fruitful mm-hmm. right so i i think yeah there there are certain there are certain parts of of football that are good mm. yeah yes. there's certain parts of football that are bad and there's certain parts of football that are not really either but we should probably make them good you know and so i think that everyone standing up and cheering at the same time is good i think that's camaraderie i, I think it's good yeah i think that everyone um like w- w- missing mass or organizing mm. their mass schedule around mm. it's hard to say because it's like at this point if if you live in an area where there's a ton of mass times like oh well, i'm just gonna go to the 10 30 instead of the 10 so i can sleep in 30 15 minutes like well how 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 di- like is that bad you know no yeah hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I go to the mass at 5 p.m. on Sundays because I don't <laughs> want to get up for the 11. <laughs> so, well, 11 is not even that early. <laughs> I know. I know it's not. Um, dang it. You said something that I thought was really good. OK, so this is the this is my thought, right? This is what we can do. OK, L- listen, hear me out. I'm listening. Instead of every family going back home and just watching the game alone we have community groups <laughs> what if we all watched the big game together and then the real big game is the friends that we make along the way <laughs> the real big game is heaven yeah because our our father's house is a big big yard where we can play football <laughs> no <laughs> it's even in our songs ah. uh, i don't want to play football in heaven I don't either. That's that, I mean, how's that casting crowns? That's, I don't want to play football in heaven. Patrick, that's all that I have on this subject. I just wanted to bring it up because it frustrated me this morning when I saw the the tweet of like the priest changing this, and I want to make sure that Everyone I know knows how frustrated I am. Yeah. Not everybody knows how frustrated <laughs> I am, but I know what how I can deal with it in a healthy and positive way. You know, 
Yeah, I think I think that um, that's a little extreme, especially because a team making it to the playoffs is actually not that big of a deal. I just want to put it out there. Oh, it's absolutely. all pre it's all predetermined ahead of time. The people who run the NFL know who makes who's going to make the playoffs that year. The only thing that has any shred of chance might be the Super Bowl. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. <laughs> Are we going to turn it into a sports conspiracy? No, this is a this is a total conspiracy. How how Ethan Ethan Steven explain to me how the okay. Florida State and the University of Florida switches off who's better like every every couple of years. It's ridiculous. You know, it is ridiculous. And I think because it's the it's because there's no tampering and there's no um, illicit recruiting. There's no, there's nothing that the NCAA does that is unfair or uh, disadvantageous to some schools versus other schools. Nick Nick Nevy is uh, going to walk on to the University of Florida football team and he's going to be the best. Mark my words. Yeah. Okay. I, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first, folks. Nick Nevy for president of the actual world. Um. <laughs> <laughs> i yeah the team making the playoffs is not a big deal i know um especially in football it's just you know yeah anyway that's all um, that i have on that what else what else has been going on in your head lately hmm oh i've i've changed the way that i approach um theological debates now okay so I was on the plane back to um, back to Florida, and I ran into the UF squad. Actually, I was on the same flight as them, and I got to sit next to a go bunch Gators. of my yeah, go Gators. How about them? Did Gators? you see my friend Mary Kate? She's the team director there. Um, I I think I met her and said hi. You know Ethan or whatever, because that's what usually what I do when I meet a focus missionary, and they're always like, "Oh my gosh, you know Ethan? Do you go to Tulsa?" And I'm like, "No, I'm Patrick from his podcast. It's fine." Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I didn't know you did that. I do that. Well, whenever I meet someone, I try to make a connection. And usually it's better to like talk about someone you both know rather than the weather or sports. You know, um, I, I just got your text that said we should try Skype this week. So much for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, see, I was on I was on the plane ride back and I actually came up with this, not came up with this, but I realized this is a better response when when Phoebe's younger sister asked me a question about like pro-life stuff i forget what it was but i started asking her i I started asking her questions kind of get her to come to the solution on her own as opposed to me just telling her what i thought right Uh and i realized that this is actually um a more humble way of approaching things because instead isn't that what socrates did yeah it's exactly what socrates did so that's that's what i'm saying i i I, i'm I'm doing the socratic method right okay but with evangelization here's why i think it's better it's because first of all it's what jesus did when <laughs> and Jesus lived before Socrates. That's not true. So that is false. That's, that's false, say, buddy. <laughs> you know who did live before Socrates? King Solomon. Aristotle. Hmm? Oh no! Wait, what? No to your thing too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I realize it's more humble because when when Bartimaeus says, "Jesus, son of David, have pity on me," he runs up to Jesus, and Jesus doesn't go, "Yes, I will have pity on you." be healed he says why is jesus a french man <laughs> we all know we all know Louis, jesus is french because of this request i will have pity on you about the mayus he says he says oh, no, what no. can i do for you he says what can i do for you even though he knows the answer he just he asks the question so that he can be 
taught so he can be given information right it's like it's sort of yes. like a way of putting yourself below the other person and like allowing them to be higher than you it's a way of like exalting someone else it's good right um and so i was flying i was flying home and i was sitting next to my friend juliana shout out juliana she was at the live show it was great and she turned to me and she was like hey patrick how do i pray and i was like well that's a good question i went to a talk on this i should know the answer but I don't. And so instead we started like chatting about when Jesus prays in the, in the gospels. And we started talking about, um, something that, something that father Mike said that I mentioned on the live show last week was that, um, Jesus got up in the morning in the early hours, found a place by himself to go pray. Right. And so I said, well, what we should deduce from that is that we should pray in the morning by ourselves. Like some place of solitude in the morning is the first place we should pray. So get up immediately pray. The first thing you do, Right. And I was like, we should all be praying. And then the lady next to her says, the Bible doesn't say that. And I was like, sorry. And she was like, the Bible doesn't say that. And I was like, what does it say? And she was like, the Bible never says you have to pray in the morning. And I, in my head, I was like, well, no, obviously it doesn't. It's not like a list of rules that says you must brush your teeth before you go to bed and you must pray in the morning. There's no, there's nothing about that. And so then, then she started, then she knew you we were Catholic and she started talking about Catholicism and she was like, well, the Catholic Church says you um, you have to pray to the saints, et cetera, et cetera. And so I started asking her questions because she said that, no, you don't have to be, you don't have to believe in the saints to be saved. You just have to like be baptized and be saved. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you have to be a part of the church and be saved. And so I asked, and so the first question I asked her was like, well, what is the church? Um, and then she was like, and then I was like, okay, well, what does it mean to be a part of the church? And I kept asking her questions. We got to the point where I asked her a question and she was like, I never thought about that before. Um, when she was talking about Peter and she was like, Jesus said that he's going to build his church on a rock. And I was like, well, what's the rock? She's like, I don't know. And that's when I said, well, Peter's name means rock. She's like, I didn't know that. And then I was like, so what, what do you think that means for us as a church? She goes, I'm not sure. I'm not to think about that. And I think, and that, I think that was a lot better than just mm-hmm. saying, well, Peter's the rock and Jesus said he's going to build his church on a rock. So the yeah, church yeah. is Peter, Peter, and you're a pagan and you're going to go to hell. Like it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's not in so many words, but that's kind of what I used to do. And I think that we should start asking questions of Christ in prayer in the same way. Mm. I think that evangelization and prayer, we keep we keep talking about those two things and we talk about how they're connected. Yeah. I think that's one of the ways that we're connected, that they're connected, is they're both communication. How are we connected, Pat? How are we connected? We're connected through our, <laughs> we share a baptism um, and a podcast. <laughs> We're like brothers, but closer. <laughs> only closer. Um, I think instead of going to prayer and just saying a bunch of things to Jesus, we need to ask him more questions. Mm. Oh, yeah. Dang, dude, you're right. So I've what been doing the same like? thing. I've been doing the same thing in Bible study where like the other day we read uh, Matthew 6 and the last verse says sufficient for a day is its own evil. And one of the guys is like, what does that mean, Ethan? And I said, what do you think it means? Nice. Always answer a question with a question. I do that all the time because guys will ask me like, well, why can't we do this? Or why are we supposed to do this? Or like, what does it mean to do this? And I'll say, well, what do you think it means to do that? And like, because I don't want to answer these questions for them because it's not going to do them any good because I could say the answer just like that, but that does them not like no good at all, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's, I, I do what you're talking about all the time. I don't probably do it to the degree with as much success as you might've had with that lady. But, um, I try to 
not flex on them with like my knowledge of things yeah, as, exactly. as much as I can. I tried to just let them puzzle it out and then guide them in the right direction if at all possible. Yeah, but I most, think you're go ahead. The most successful Bible study that I've ever ran was the one that I ran over the summer and I would consistently ask questions and yeah, it was, it was so much better than, well, I mean, how else are you going to lead a group Bible study? Right. I mean, I think I think something that you I want to talk start, for an hour. You just talk for an hour, and you you impress them with how much you learned from Doctor Scott Hahn. Um, so literally, you just described my Bible study last semester. <laughs> Is that what you did? Uh, partially. Partially. I'm, I deleted that. Now I'm doing something else, but. Um, I think that you know a really a really great thing to do is to do the the Lexio Divina group thing. Um, we used to do it in yep. my in my youth group back in the day. Um you'd read a passage and then you'd all like say a word or phrase that stuck out to you. And then you would read the passage again. But the thing, we actually never mm. went further with the word or phrase. And so we all forgot the word or phrase. What? Yeah. And what? so no, I think the I, I, I kind of followed the same, um, the same, the same method until halfway through leading the Bible study back in back over the summer, I started asking them, I was like, I kind of got, a sense of where they were at, of what parts of the scripture is speaking out to them. And I had an entire, like I had an entire discussion planned based on like um, my, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. But instead, like one of the kids brought up pornography and wanted to talk about it because he had questions. And I was like, all right, um, sure. Let's talk about this instead. So we talked about like sexual morality, which I think regardless of how like what i think is going to be better for them obviously that's what he wanted to like know about um it was actually a great discussion one of them was like some kid in my school was talking about porn i was like that's disgusting and all the people of the group were like yeah it's so gross or and then one of the kids was like uh what's porn and i was like oh crap everyone went to stop talking about oh, porn no. <laughs> oh no and i went up to his mom and i was like hey so this happened she's like we well <laughs> we i, I didn't mean to but porn on <laughs> no she was like i'm glad it came up in a youth group context instead of like at school you know i was like that's a good point um yeah so just letting letting a running a bible study is a lot similar to your prayer right because you have to kind of be open you don't you're you're it's mm-hmm. not just you you go in there with an agenda right and just it's more listening than talking it's more listening than talking um I think I that's think the, that's where a lot of Bible study leaders get into trouble is because they talk too. Much. They talk too much. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of prayers get in trouble too. Is they talk um, too much. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So podcasters. here's my thought on the whole prayer thing and asking questions. <laughs> the whole prayer. Thing. Are you ready? Yeah. The whole prayer thing. I was just talking about this with my friend at lunch today. Um. I think maybe was this us that was talking about this? I don't remember who it was. Was this maybe maybe we talked about this on the podcast last week? But like asking awesome. Jesus the question. Um, no, it wasn't. I, I was talking to a missionary. Okay, so this is great. So this is fresh, fresh content. <laughs> fresh content. Yeah. So bless us, O Lord, and this thy concept. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is it. Okay. So instead of trying to say like, "Hey Jesus, I did this. Was this okay?" Um, or, Hey Jesus, like, what do you want me to do? Or, um, Hey Jesus, like, where is, uh, my hairbrush, where's my hairbrush? Who are the people I need to invest in? Like, blah, 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 blah. Right. You can ask Jesus those questions. Those are all fine questions, I guess. But the question that we need to ask Jesus in prayer, it needs to be deeper, right? If we truly believe that, um, 
God is the, it talks about first Corinthians. I think that like God is the, is the grower, right? Nothing. God does all the work with the growing, right? We might help plant the seeds. We might be coworkers in the vineyard of like watering or planting the seeds or whatever, but God does the growing, right? Yeah. So if we, if we understand that we believe it, then the question we should be asking Jesus is, um, where are you working and how can I help? Right? Like where, what are you already doing and how can I participate in it? We are Jesus's like, flight. Attendant. It's not, we walk up and say, how exactly. may I be of assistance today? Would you like a hot towel? Exactly. <laughs> Cause we, cause we are coworkers in the vineyard. We are not Nine starting yards. our own vineyard Yeet. and, and then asking Jesus like, Hey, is, is this what you want me to be doing? No, like we, he already has the vineyard set up. We don't have to go through all this work. We just have to be with him in prayer and say, Hey, where are you working? Where do you want me to be? And then, and then go and join in the work that he's doing. It's so much more fun to, to till the garden, to plant the flowers and mow the yard with your friend, Jesus. Right. Like even on a human level, like doing by yourself imagine if your gardening partner was jesus like that's that's what we're called to do but with 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 the people plants with the people plants absolutely yeah okay that we're trying to trying to grow so that's when you're talking about asking questions to jesus that i think is the question i'll do you one further i think that go the for question it. um what can i do is still too short-sighted in prayer because, or at least at least in prayer. Okay, so you know that St. Ignatius quote, work as if everything depended on you, pray as if everything depended on God? Pray as if everything depended on God, yeah. Reverse. Okay, pray as if everything depended on you, work as if everything depended on God. So Absolutely. That means that I, I shouldn't pray and I shouldn't work. <laughs> no, uh, so Father, Father, oh. Mike, Father Mike Scanlon, Scanlon. Ah, um, he claimed, I don't know if it's true that the, the saying was flipped and here's, here's why I think that he's right. It's like, if I work as if everything depended on me, then I'm not working with God. Right. Yeah. But if I pray, I if I pray as if everything depends on me, then I'm very concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, that's a recognition of our, of our humanity and of our limited exactly ability in the sight of God. Right. But then, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just, it's a little bit different. You know, it, it kind of, at least for me, it put things into perspective a little bit, because if I, if I pray as if everything depends on me, then I'm going to realize in the sight of God that I can do nothing without him. And then if I work as though everything depends on God, because it actually does, then I'm going to be with him throughout that. I'm going to have that prayer with me. Because I think that we should never leave the, it's not, I don't even think this, it's true. We should never leave the sight of God. And so if we pray as if everything depends on God, then we're keeping God in God, in that area. We're keeping God with God. And then if I work, so everything depends on me, I'm keeping my stuff with my stuff. And we've separated God from our work. But we should take God into our work. Um, I think the question we should be asking in prayer is not so much about what we're to do when we work. It's about who we're with. Um, I've told this story in the podcast before. It's a great story. Uh, a postulant in the Franciscan order when it was first founded would wake up in the middle of the night, um, woke up in the middle of the night one night and like snuck around he like went to get water and came back and he saw Francis 
kneeling at his bedside with a crucifix in his hand saying, who are you, Lord? And who am I? Over and over and over again. And if St. Francis is asking that question at the height of his at the height of his ministry, who are you, Lord, and who am I? Then why on earth are we ever to stop asking that question? The past couple of times that I've had holy hours since seek, that's been like the last the ending part of my um the ending part of my holy hour has been kneeling in front of the monstrance and just asking that question and being being open to like seeing Jesus and having him see me like hyper knowledge of the fact that Christ is looking into me and me looking into him and I hope that if I do that over and over and over again then I'll get really really good at having my heart open to Christ and being able to go into his already open heart. Christ doesn't even need to open his heart to us. It's already open. It's been split open by a spear. It's there. We just got to walk into it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. That's good. I really do. I don't, I mean, I don't have much to add to that. Um, because you, I mean, you just talked and, and you took all the points that I would have said. So, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes this podcast becomes a monologue. Listen, on some some sometimes it happens to both of us. That's true. Sometimes um, it's great because when we have a guest on and I'm just not feeling particularly podcasty, I'm just like, I'm just gonna sit uh-huh. back and let him do this. And then every 30 minutes I'm like, oh crap, I should probably say something. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Shoot. No, yeah, I think this is good. I think I think I love that inversion of the of of pray as if everything depended on you, work as if everything depended on God. I think that's because the other way around is very American almost. Oh yeah, it's very it's very it, like bootstraps, you know. Very bootstraps, very much like um there's no time for leisure. You have only productivity, like as long as you work hard, eat right, frosted flakes, and you'll become holy, you know? And like, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, going back to Matthew six, that's the exact opposite of what he says. Like, look at the way the wildflowers grow. They do not toil or spin. And yet the father in heaven adorns them, you know, with these beautiful flowers and all these things, like more, more than Solomon, you know, and wh- yeah, whatever. Wonder, et cetera, right? later. Yeah. So it's kind of, if you view it in the right way, yes, it's good, but I like flipping it on its head a little bit because I think it makes us realize, wow, we're human beings. We really have nothing to give except what the Father gives us. Yeah. Which is why we need to, I mean, pray to him to give us everything. Dang. I mean, I the beauty, the beauty of Catholicism is in the paradoxes. Yeah. You know, the things that don't make sense, but do, which in itself is a paradox. Yeah. So good talk about football. Good talk about prayer. Yeah. I'm hope, I hope, I hope it helps somebody. Cause... But if you don't root for the saints, you're basically a pagan. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else uh, going on? That I need to know about. Hey, here's a fun thing. I watched Cheaper by the Dozen last night. Really? Oh yeah. Um, the it's very sad because they're so passively Catholic in that movie. You know, 
they Steve Martin and the other lady see their daughter making out with the boyfriend on the couch and she's like, go into the kitchen and we're going to pray a rosary. And it's like, ha ha, knee slapper. It's a funny joke because he wanted to pray instead of make out with her boyfriend. But then earlier in the movie, the kids are all arguing and they can't figure out when Jesus died. And they're like, he died on Christmas. They're like, no, you idiot, he died on Easter. And it, it's just like, oh, man. Because they set it up to be like, oh, they got all these kids. Because the original Cheaper by the Dozen, they were like Catholic. Yeah. You know, straight up. And like a woman was trying to sell contraceptives to them. And she came to the door and like all the kids came out. And it's like this really funny part of the movie. Classic. I know. But they 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 really chopped and screwed it. And this version and Steve Martin has a vasectomy in the film. I had no, I totally forgot about that. I, I was, un- yeah, I, I was, I was so oblivious to what a vasectomy was. Well, actually, so when, when we were given our, uh, our sex talk in fourth grade at, at Ascension Catholic school, um, uh-huh. we were given a vocabulary list to take home and discuss with our parents. And so I very loudly ask in a Walgreens prescription waiting line, Mom, what's a vasectomy? <laughs> and all the all the people around are like, what is written on that piece of paper? <laughs> uh, wow. I might have to do that to my mom the next time I go to a Walgreens. 22-year-old son. Mom. 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 What is it? Oh, man. Mom, do you know what a venereal disease is? <laughs> Ethan, just get your flaming hot Cheetos and we're leaving. Oh man, yeah. Anyway, my uh, my roommate slash teammate uh, Alexander is getting his hair shaved today by two of the students. That's pretty exciting. It's kind of like the big event of the night. Oh, we're gonna have exciting. a bunch of people come over there. They get to do whatever they want. Each of them has a half of the head. Did, so he, did he lose a bet? He. We auctioned it off. I was. I was the auctioneer, and I auctioned off his hair. Mm. It's gonna be fun. So I got to go make sure the house is is ready for all of those things for all the people coming over. Also, I got to go watch the big game. Got to go watch the big game. <laughs> got to go watch the big game on this TV that's not hooked up to anything. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, do you want to plug our stuff? What stuff? Like the social media. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at Catholic Pat at Bropostle. You can follow us on Instagram at Ethan Stevie or at Patrick Nevy, I, I, I. But if you want to talk to us, just email us. Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan at thecrunchcast.com. We got some fun uh, stuff in the works. We got some sponsors. It's, it's like very obvious that I'm like winding down the episode and you're just sitting there like, hmm, I wonder what Ethan's going to say next. I, I just have no idea. What's, uh, sorry. No I, clue. I haven't done this in years. So. Uh, speaking of sponsors, if you want to get some awesome beard bomb, just go to beardbomb.com slash the crunch. Or if you're ordering beard bomb, enter promo code crunch for a discount or try the crunch. If that doesn't work, I'm not, I don't really remember what it was, but if you do it, we get a nice kickback and, uh, yeah. So if you don't have a beard, remember if you don't have lips, skin, or a beard, don't order beard bomb, lotion, or lip gloss or whatever it is. Lipstick, lip chap, chap, lipstick, chapstick, chap lips, chap lipstick, chap lipstick, uh, Check us out on Patreon. I finally got logged into our Patreon page, so I'm going to start posting reflections and things on what I'm reading. It's very exciting. Really good. I haven't been able to log into the Patreon for about a year, so the fact that Patrick finally allowed me in uh, is really exciting. We're actually going to keep up with some stuff now, so 
pretty pumped. Um, those are all the things. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Our God is an oblong God. He hikes <laughs> from heaven above with yards passing, power and love. Our God is an oblong God. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us and we'll be praying for you. We will see you next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.